Are you looking to reach your full potential and achieve success in business and in life? Want only tried and tested guidance from people who have truly made an impact? You have come to the right place. Welcome to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. New York Times bestselling author Dan Shabell distills the most actionable and tangible advice from a variety of world-class humans, including entrepreneurs, authors, Olympians, politicians, billionaires, Nobel Prize winners, TED speakers, celebrities, astronauts, and more. Inspirational guidance, practical advice, and concrete solutions. Our Power Chat starts now. Welcome to the 32nd episode of Five Questions with Dan Shaw Bell. As your host, my goal is to create the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is former co-host of Mythbusters, host of Savage Builds, and author of Every Tool is a Hammer, Adam Savage. Born in New York City and raised in Westchester, New York, his father was a creative known for his work on Sesame Street. As a teenager, he regularly visited the local bike shop to have his flat tires fixed, where he learned how to do repairs himself. At five years old, Adam started acting, and his early credits include Sesame Street and Star Wars. He later abandoned his acting career in favor of doing things with his hands like graphic design, animation, and special effects. This led him to co-host the 17-season, 296-episode show Mythbusters, which originally premiered on the Discovery Channel back in 2003. He worked as a model maker on the films Galaxy Quest, Bicentennial Man, Star Wars Episode II, Attack of the Clones, The Matrix Reloaded, and Space Cowboys. Savage is currently an editor and contributor at Tested.com, and his new show, Savage Builds, which will have him collaborating with notable experts in their fields, friends, colleagues, and some of his favorite people on the planet. So Adam, we've talked about this, about perfection. It gets in the way of our creativity. How do we move away from perfection and actually start to build something? We deal with perfection with deadlines. Uh, I'm a big believer in deadlines. And it's often something that when you're starting your working life, uh, especially when you're you know, in film or theater, there's never enough time to make anything. And it's a constant complaint among the people who are doing the work. Oh, there's just not enough time to get this done. But I submit that deadlines prune the branches of your decision trees. Deadlines force you to ask yourself with each thing that you're doing, is this part of the essence or is it ancillary? And if it's not part of the essence, you can start chopping it off as that deadline gets closer and closer because you're only trying to get that thing out that will that is like an arrow. I don't overlabor myself with perfectionism, but if I have an unlimited amount of time, I will take an unlimited amount of time. So I have found frequently for builds of mine, like uh, replicating the spacesuit from Alien, I sort of noodled along with that project for more than a decade until realizing I'm never going to finish this unless I give myself a deadline. So I chose San Diego's Comic Con. And I finished, I gave, me, gave myself four months to finish it by Comic-Con and I was able to do it. And I did cut some corners here and there. None that anybody but me would notice, but that was required. What, what types of people bring out your creativity? Who do you um, want to surround yourself with? I, the, the, the people that I call friends, the people that I spend my time with are so varied. Um, but I think if there's a unifying feature, it would be open-mindedness. It would be a desire to learn from what's going on. I, you know, I value my friendships as places to go and talk about the, not only just the, the details of our lives, but also to have those wonderful discussions about what, you know, what our work means to us. And to me, being open to the next challenge is, is a key part of being a creative person. 
what do you recommend to people who are in non-creative jobs that have the urge to be creative and, and produce something? That's such an interesting question, a non-creative job. I mean... Like if you work on Wall Street. Okay. I'm not sure that's not a creative job. I, I'm not positive. I haven't done it for a living, but I would imagine that, you know, where everyone is looking in the same direction, there's value in trying to look at a slightly shifted perspective and that a lot of success comes from shifting your perspective. And that's really what creativity is. It's about taking in the stuff that's around you and trying to see if something piques your attention. I, I say a lot of the creative things that I get into, because I build in all sorts of different media, is, is about smoothing down the bumps. Like, I don't know necessarily how to play the guitar, but I know when it sounds bad and I know how to practice. And so as long as I practice enough to remove all the bad parts, hey, I'm playing the guitar. I don't mean to reject the premise of your question. There are certainly people that feel that their job affords them no line of creativity. And when I was confronted with those jobs as a, as a, as a late teenager in, in my early 20s, I had the incredible grace and privilege of parents that were willing to like, cover me for a month while I looked for a different job. Uh, I was able to quit jobs I didn't like and go look for jobs I did. That was a crazy amount of privilege they gave me to do that. People who don't have such a luxury, I always think that the real creativity lies in those things that you can't not pay attention to. For me, I'm attracted to objects and props from movies and from history, and so I seek to replicate those. That burgeoned into a love of costume and transformation, and so I seek to do that. Uh, a lot of people, let's say somebody works at Wall Street and they don't feel their job gives them any creative output, but they might be thinking, oh, you know, I'd really like to you know, paint these specific figurines from some franchise I'm interested in. But that's weird, and I don't want to waste my time doing that. This whole book was written as a permission slip to go do that. Because when you start to indulge in those things, when you start to indulge in those weird, useless hobbies, and all of our hobbies are weird, when you indulge them, you learn about yourself. And that's never a net loss. That is always a gain for you. Do you believe that you have to fail many times at something, possibly creating, creating a business, creating anything, before you succeed? Do you think failure, there is no success without failure? Uh, yes. Uh, and I think the word failure is the wrong word. But I'll put it to you this way. Have you ever met someone who doesn't think that they've ever failed? Were they remotely bearable to spend more than 10 seconds in the presence of now? No, I don't trust people who who's whose personality hasn't been given the tonic of abject destruction. It, it shapes us. It, it's, a, it's a crucible that forms us. We talk about failure a lot in Silicon Valley. It's a buzzword. We have to build fast and break things. And in education, we talk about helping kids learn how to fail. We don't really mean failure. We mean iteration. And failure is a good word because iteration is a tougher word. Failure is a great word. It catches your attention. But Failure is, uh, my example is, failure is getting drunk and forgetting your kid's birthday party. Like, that's failing. That's screwing up. What, what we mean when we say failure is, as you travel down a path, there's going to be a lot of forks in the road. And many of the forks you're going to take when you reach them are going to be the wrong forks. And you'll have to backtrack and proceed up the right one. It is a journey in every sense of the word. And in the same way that a journey along a road requires wrong turns in order to figure out the right map, so does every journey of self-discovery, every journey of exploration. And I want to make it clear, when I say making, I don't just mean the physical making of things, even though that's my bailiwick. 
um, making is poetry, it is dressmaking, it is building tables as well as building buildings. Uh, and it may be building the algorithms with which Wall Street comes through its data. Making is any time you reach out to make something out of your own head. I know we, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. We are part of a culture. So this stuff comes through us, whether we're you know, reading Vonnegut or watching Beyonce or listening to Rachel Maddow on a podcast. And we recapitulate that stuff through what we make. I know my hobby of making props and costumes is weird, but I am also, in a way, in a sense, re recapitulating my culture, which is all any artist seeks to do. And what's your best piece of career advice? Be nice to everybody. Honestly, I, wa I wanted to say he was nice to work with on my tombstone. I have had former assistants become bosses and hire me for jobs, and I have ended up hiring most of my former bosses for jobs. Um, I cannot come up with a better argument to be graceful with everyone that you meet. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Adam. To follow his journey, you can read his book, watch his TV shows, and find him on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, where he shares his latest creations, appearances, inspirational quotes, and pictures of his dogs. We hope you enjoyed today's show and the amazing advice our guests provided. Remember that you can only benefit from advice if you act on it. Before you do, we would appreciate your feedback in the form of a review. You can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or a podcatcher of your choice. Your feedback would be very much appreciated. Head over to danshawbell.com slash review now.